It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Predators Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is your host, Robbie Stanley from NHL.com. On another dreary, rainy, just awful looking day in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm so tired of the rain. Like, I know you're not listening to this podcast for, like, weather updates. Like, I'm not Jim Cantore, and I completely understand that. I'm so tired of getting rained on. It's It feels like it's happened, like, almost every day for the past month. Just rain and rain and rain all the time. This is why I hate wintertime. Everybody always makes fun of me for liking the summertime so much and, like, how can you – why do you like a season where it's like a 95 degrees and with 100% humidity you just sweat walking to the mailbox? Like, why is that your thing? You know why that's my thing? Because the alternative is this. This sucks. I hate it. I don't like wintertime in Nashville. I understand it's not that cold in Nashville. It really doesn't get that bad in the wintertime. But it rains all the time. It's gray. It's awful. Don't like it. That's enough of my weather ramblings, though. As I said, this is the Locked On Predators podcast, and look, I'm going to get to the Nashville Predators at some point during this podcast, but I do believe that I would be remiss if I did not start with what happened last night in Anaheim in a game between the Blues and the Ducks, and just a really scary situation. I mean, you know, this has happened a couple of times that that in the time period that I've been watching hockey, and it happened again last night, and you never, ever want to see it. With, I think, 7 minutes and 50 seconds left in the first period of the game between the Blues and the Ducks, Blues defenseman Jay Bowmeister collapsed on the bench in what they're calling a cardiac episode. Uh, and it's one of those things where it's just so scary because, you know, I watched the video of it happening, and by no means is that a fun video to watch. I mean, you're watching another human being collapse on the bench when you know that something has gone really wrong and there's just looks of panic on the faces of his teammates. I think Alex Petrangelo was over there and was, you know, obviously very shaken up by what was going on and trying to get Bo Meester the help that he needed. And this is it reminded me of a game that involved the Predators. I think it was in November of 2005 uh, between the Red Wings and the Predators. And Yuri Fisher, who was playing for the Red Wings at the time, had something similar happen to him where he collapsed on the bench and I want to say that he was unconscious for like five or six minutes. They had to revive him and bring him back that way. Had a cardiac arrest episode on the bench. It happened also to Rich Peverly when he was playing for the Dallas Stars. So it's not the first time this has happened in the NHL. And thankfully, the, the trainers and doctors were able to get to Jay Bowmeister in pretty good time and and make sure that he was okay and revive him and and get him to the hospital so he so further tests could be run. And Doug Armstrong, uh, general manager of the Blues, has just been talking to the media. Matter of fact, still talking right now as I'm recording this podcast and is saying that things are looking good with Jay Bowmeister. He's still going through some tests right now, cardiac episode. The doctors are still looking to diagnose why it occurred, but the prognosis is positive. And he had to have a defibrillator get used to revive him. So that's always very, very scary. But thank God we have that technology and that capability of doing that now. And shout out to the medical staffs of the St. Louis Blues and the Anaheim Ducks and, and everyone involved in making sure that Jay Bowmeister was okay. And Bowmeister's a guy, I mean, he's played more than 1,200 games in the league. He obviously was a part of the, of the Blues winning the Stanley Cup last year. I think he's played with the Blues since the 2012-13 season 
is a guy that's been around since the 0203 season. So obviously uh, a veteran in this league and you know regardless of the outcome of of him playing hockey again, like obviously in a perfect world, you would hope that Jay Bolmeister is able to fully recover. He's able to play hockey again, he's able to come back and continue to finish out his career here in St. Louis and play the game at a high level. But even if that's not the case, like even if, you know, unfortunately through this whole thing, he can't play hockey again, he's going to be okay. Like that's that's the main thing. That's that's all I was thinking about when I woke up this morning and saw the news of, of what happened last night. I was like, man, I just hope he's going to be okay. So it sounds like from everything that, that Doug Armstrong, the Blues general manager, is saying that he's going to be okay. They're trying to determine what the cause of this was. But obviously all of us, I think, in the hockey world – are very, very thankful that this is not worse. And, and certainly uh, praying for, for Jay Bo Meester as he moves forward here. And hopefully this is something that we never have to see again in the league. But if it is something that happens again in the NHL, I hope that, that everybody is, is as prepared and is quick to jump in and act on it uh, as the training staffs were in the game last night. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for it. Uh, obviously, I think the the league and and the, and the teams made the right call to suspend that game and postpone that game. You're not going to play that game after you see one of your teammates collapse on the bench. Like, there's just no way you should go about playing that game. So I'm glad that the game is going to be postponed and they'll make that up at a later time. But just really scary stuff on the bench last night between the Anaheim Ducks and the St. Louis Blues. And very happy that it's just, it seems like from everything that's been announced today uh, that Blues defenseman Jay Bomeister is going to be okay. It's been a whirlwind of a day in the news cycle because you know I tweeted out something earlier on, on a quote tweet uh, from Nick Kiprios who came out and said that uh, his sources were telling him the Shea Weber's injury had his season likely over and his future in question, told the injury is related to a foot that was surgically repaired in 2018 while waiting for swelling to alleviate and further confirmation. Surgery seemed unavoidable going into the week. And that got a lot of Predators fans texting me and tweeting me questions about you know the cap recapture penalty and how much the Predators would be on the hook for uh, if he decided to retire. And I'll be honest with you, I had just recorded an entire segment kind of going through all that. And then I looked back on Twitter, and thank God I did, I looked back on Twitter, and the Montreal Canadiens have come out and said that Shea Weber is expected to miss four to six weeks with an ankle sprain. Well, an ankle sprain is very different than what Nick Kiprios put out there earlier in the day. So obviously, uh, that's much better news. You know, a lot of people were talking about Shea Weber's career potentially being over, and he's... Look, if you've ever spent any time around Shea Weber, he's one of the good guys in hockey. Like, if you didn't know that Shea Weber was a hockey player, like, obviously he's a pretty physically imposing dude, but, like, if you didn't know Shea Weber was a hockey player and you were just hanging out around him, you'd probably never know. Like, you'd never talk about it. That's that's one of the cool things. That, like, if you're lucky enough to get to know Shea Weber on a personal level like I was during his time here in Nashville, like, he's just a dude. Like, he's, he's your laid-back, everyday dude, and I think that's why... He's such a popular guy, not only among the media, but also you know with his teammates. I mean, I don't know if I've ever run into a guy that's played with Shea Weber that doesn't have like the utmost respect for him. So happy to see that it looks like the Shea Weber situation really is not that big of a deal. I mean, four to six weeks with an ankle sprain is not ideal, uh, but the, the Canadians are not really in a spot 
in the standings where that's really going to make much of a difference. I mean, they're not having a great year right now. They are like an eight points out of the playoff spot, I think. So pretty unlikely that the Canadians were going to make the playoffs even with Shea Weber. Uh, but obviously with, with the tweet that Kiprio sent out earlier today, a lot of us, myself included, were kind of thinking about what that means for Shea Weber's future. And with the Canadians coming out and saying that it's just an ankle sprain and that he'll miss four to six weeks, that's a ton better news uh, than what we were talking about today, uh, earlier today. And like I said, I had recorded an entire episode on that, so I'm glad I took a look at Twitter before I posted it. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils here, and let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. So interesting stuff from Predators practice today at Bridgestone Arena. Adam Vingan tweeting out the line combinations from earlier today at practice. Looks like Mikhail Granlin was on a line with Ryan Johansson and Victor Arvison. Philip Forsberg on a line with Matt Duchesne and Kyle Turris playing on the right wing in the line rushes at practice today. The usual line of Rocco Grimaldi, Nick Benino, and Craig Smith. And then the fourth line of Callie Yarncroke, Colton Sissons, and Austin Watson. Ryan Ellis did participate in practice today. I would still doubt that he's probably not going to play tomorrow against the New York Islanders. But also, very good news that he's continuing to progress in his recovery. But those lines, I think, are, are interesting. And we talked about the message that John Hines sent to his star players in the Vancouver game uh, with essentially benching Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, Victor Arvidsson, all those guys ended up around the 10-minute or 11-minute mark in terms of their ice time on Monday night. Interested to see how they respond tomorrow against the New York Islanders. Obviously, Mikhail Granlin continues to play well. Maybe that line of Granlin, Johansson, and Arvidsson, which I don't think they've tried yet. If they have, I don't remember it. Granlund on the left wing, Johansson down the middle, Arvidsson on the right wing, Forsberg on the left wing, Duchesne down the middle, Turris on the on the right wing. That is an interesting combination that they have there. So we'll see if the new look top six can get things going against the New York Islanders team that's very stingy. And you know that that you, when you play against a, a Barry Trotz team you're going to have to be really working hard for the offense that you get on most occasions. Now, look, I get that the last time the Predators played against the Islanders, they just totally lit them up like a Christmas tree. Like, they scored eight goals. They won the game 8-3. I understand that. I'm pretty confident in saying the Predators are not going to score eight goals against the Islanders on Thursday. Now, if you believe, like I do, in the Robbie Stanley kiss of death, I may have just bought the Predators their highest offensive output of the entire season. So I will... Thank you or tell you all as Predators fans, you're welcome in advance because the Robbie Stanley kiss of death is a real thing. And for those of you who are wondering what the Robbie Stanley kiss of death is, when I predict something, more times than not, the opposite thing happens. And that's just kind of the way that things have gone for me really over the course of my entire life. So 
that that's that case. If that happens tomorrow against the Predators, maybe I'll do you all a favor and I'll just predict horrible things to happen to them all season long, and then they'll probably go win the Stanley Cup. But anyway, back to content that actually matters. I am interested to see how those lines perform against the New York Islanders because the Islanders, obviously with Barry Trotz and and the season they've had so far, they're playing really well. They're in third place right now in the Metro Division with 72 points. Just two points back of Pittsburgh, just five points back of Washington, who's been leading that division all season long. So Barry Trotz has got that team right where you would expect Barry Trotz to have that team right in the thick of things, playing really well, playing some of their best hockey of the season as we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs. So it's going to be a really tough challenge for the Predators on Thursday night against the New York Islanders. And you just look back to uh, this week that's that's been for the New York Islanders. They beat Philadelphia 5-3. to They beat the Washington Capitals 5-3. to That was a back-to-back set there that they had. They lost last Saturday to Tampa Bay 3-1. to Pretty much everybody's losing to Tampa Bay lately. That's the only loss they have right now in the last couple of weeks is, is to Tampa. They, they beat the Kings and the Stars right before that. So playing really good hockey right now are the New York Islanders. That's going to be a tough test for the Predators tomorrow. We've we talked all week about how difficult this week is going to be for the Predators with the Islanders coming into town and then a back-to-back set against the St. Louis Blues on Saturday and Sunday with Hockey Day in America being hosted on Sunday. I think the broadcast on NBC is starting at 11 o'clock in the morning, and it goes all the way up to the broadcast between the Blues and the Predators, which I believe is going to be on NBC Sports Network on Sunday night starting at 5 o'clock. So a busy week for the Predators in terms of the way the week ends on Thursday, get the day off on Friday, and then back-to-back sets on Saturday and Sunday. But obviously a crucial stretch for the Predators. And I think Adam Vingan joined us earlier this morning on Morning Drive on ESPN 102.5 The Game with myself and Joe Rexrode and said, I think David Poyle is going to have a pretty good idea of which direction he's going to go at the trade deadline after the St. Louis game on Sunday. And I agree totally, especially like, you know, just for the sake of argument, if they lose two of these next three games, or especially if they lose all three, but just kind of depends on how they look, if they go 1-1-1 one, one, and one or something like that. But let's just say for the sake of argument, they lose two of these next three games. At that point, if you're David Poyle, I mean, you probably just have to accept that this year is what it is and will be what it has been because we've talked ad nauseum on this podcast about how the Predators haven't won three games in a row since October. They're going to have to do that at some point if they want to make the playoffs. Like, they have to go on a run here. Like, it, it does them really no good winning two games and then losing two games like they just did on this road trip. Like, you know, obviously that's better than going on like a five-game losing streak, but... They're really at the point now in the season where they need to they need to put together a run because it's not just teams in their division they have to contend with. You know, Winnipeg and Minnesota jumped them last night with their win. Chicago's right there behind them, just one point behind them in the standings. They got to contend with the Pacific Division teams as well. So it's going to take a pretty significant run for the Predators in order to put themselves in a comfortable position. Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. 
Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at INDOCHINO.com with code NHL. All right, so we've talked about how John Hines sent a message to the star players on Monday in Vancouver. And look, I had no problem with that, especially given the score of the game. I think it was like 3 to nothing or 4 nothing when he decided to make these changes and start to, to bench players and play different line combinations, all that jazz. Having said that, I don't think that's really the route you should really focus in on trying to go all the time uh, with your star players. I understand sometimes you have to send a message. But I think what needs to happen and, and a question that needs to be asked is, okay, you've, you've done that. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Now, to get to get these guys going, your Matt Duchesne, your Ryan Johansson, Victor Arvidsson, Philip Forsberg, would it almost be worth playing them all the time? Like, if you look at the at the stat sheet, like, far too often, like, you know, Ryan Johansson or Matt Duchesne, they're ending up around, like, the 16, 17-minute mark, which is a pretty good amount of ice time. But then you look down the list and, like, you know, Colton Sissons is playing 14 minutes or – you know, Rocco Grimaldi's playing 15 minutes, and no disrespect to those guys. They both are really talented players. But the big four forwards that we talk about in Johansson, Forsberg, Arvidsson, Duchesne, those guys on most nights should probably be getting the lion's share of the minutes. Uh, and with M- the way Mikhail Granlin has been playing as of late, you can probably throw him in that mix as well. I think maybe a way to get these guys going is to just play them continuously. Play them all the time. And I'm not saying playing your top guys you know, 30 minutes a night because you're going to end up running them in the ground, especially because I think I heard Willie Donick say today that the Preds have 27 games in their next 52 days or something like that. So that's an absurd amount of games in the next 52 days that the Predators are going to have to play. So you can't just run your guys into the ground. I understand that. But you need these guys to gain to, to get some traction in their game, if you're going to go anywhere this year and you've got just a short amount of time to get it figured out before David Poyle has to make a decision on what to do at the trading deadline. So maybe one way to get Johansson going is to play Johansson like 22 minutes. Get him out there. Get him in a rhythm. Make him make him, make him make plays. Force him to make plays. Get Forsberg out there and play him 20 minutes. I mean, get these guys continually invested in the game, continually building momentum and playing a lot. Is it always going to work? No. Could that backfire and, and really run them out of gas? Yeah, it could. But the alternative, I think, is more of the same of what we've seen all season long, and that's that's obviously been proven to not be good enough. So just a random thought that I have. I mean, that's what that's what happens on this podcast sometimes. Something random pops into my brain, and then I get like halfway through the conversation. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure I should have brought this up. But I did, and that's part of why you love me. That's part of why you love this podcast. And if you haven't shared this podcast yet with your friends, you need to do it. We're on Google Play. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're all over the place. So make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Predators podcast. 
a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow, hopefully live from Bridgestone Arena after morning skate, but if not, I'll do it a little bit later, and we'll discuss what's gone on on Thursday morning regarding the Nashville Predators and look ahead to the game against Barry Trotz and the New York Islanders. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Hope everybody has a wonderful rest of their rainy, drizzly Wednesday night. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.